So yesterday, when I was working on the outline for this episode, I took a break for a Zoom meeting that I had scheduled with some collaborators. I stepped away from writing, and I logged into Zoom. And one of the women in this online meeting, a super smart professor in Germany, started telling us how she's heard so many funny and insightful stories, yes, stories, about using Zoom, and how we'll all have a story, a personal narrative, that we tell ourselves and that we share with others about how we managed our lives, both professionally and personally, through the pandemic. And she said, and I quote, stories are everything. Let's do this. Let's talk about talk. Greetings and welcome to Talk About Talk episode number 79, focused on storytelling. I'm your communication coach, Dr. Andrea Wojnicki. Please call me Andrea. Whether you're an ambitious executive looking to catapult your career by improving your communication skills, or maybe you have a growth mindset, you're always looking to learn and improve your communication skills, or maybe both. Well, you're in the right place. At Talk About Talk, we focus on communication skills topics like personal branding, confidence, listening, and yes, storytelling. This is the critically important stuff that they don't teach you in school. This is what takes you from a B plus to an A plus in the work world and in life. And if you check out the talkabouttalk.com website, you'll find online corporate training, one-on-one coaching with me, online courses, the free weekly communication skills newsletter, and, of course, the archive of this bi-weekly podcast. You can choose whatever works for you. And I really hope you'll go to the website and sign up for the free weekly communication skills training newsletter. Today, as I said, we're focusing on storytelling. I'm so excited to dig into this topic If you're a regular listener, you might know that the topics or skills that I've identified as the three communication superpowers include confidence, listening, and yes, storytelling. The thing about storytelling is that it can be like the icing on the cake. This is the skill that can elevate you and your message above and beyond. You can certainly be a good communicator if you're confident and if you listen. But you can be an extraordinary communicator if you also incorporate storytelling into your communication. I'm guessing that you might agree with this. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't be here. So my goal is to help you do just that. Elevate your communication effectiveness by being a more effective and a more prolific storyteller. Specifically, we're going to focus on three things related to storytelling. First, we're going to focus on why storytelling is so impactful. I'm going to share with you some of the research and specific reasons why storytelling elevates your communication. The second thing we're going to go through is what types of stories or what elements to look for and focus on in your storytelling. Think of it as dissecting the ideal story. And then last, and this is perhaps the most important question, or at least it's the most common storytelling question that I get from people. It's, Where do these stories come from? I get asked this question all the time. And in fact, I often ask myself this question. What story should I tell? Where can I find a great story? So I've got a list to share with you of where you can look for these stories. And I hope you'll keep this list for the next time you're looking for a story. As you can probably imagine, there is a lot of content that we're going to go through here really quickly. But don't worry, I've got your back. 
As always, I will provide you with a succinct summary at the end of this podcast, and you can always reference the printable show notes on the TalkAboutTalk.com website. Just go to TalkAboutTalk.com and click on Podcasts, then Show Notes. Everything's right there. And on page two, there's a beautiful printable summary followed by the transcript. I keep hearing from people how much they appreciate this summary in the show notes, and I'm delighted that they're so useful. So just keep doing whatever you're doing as you're listening, whether you're going for a walk, or maybe you're doing housework, or making dinner, or maybe you're in the car driving somewhere. You do not have to take notes because I do that for you. And honestly, it's my pleasure. Okay, let's get going. Let me start with this, with the beginning of time. Since the beginning of time, we humans have been telling stories. And of course, we still are. Authors are writing stories. TV and movie studios are producing stories. Advertisers are creating stories for their brands. And people are telling their own stories, both in personal and professional contexts. Whether you're presenting, leading a meeting, negotiating, or podcasting, there are so many contexts where stories can be an effective tool to elevate your communication to the next level. We use stories whenever we need to engage people's attention. Say you're giving a presentation or you're leading a meeting. Personally, I try to tell a story at the beginning of every workshop or presentation that I give, just to get my audience's attention right out of the gates. I also encourage my clients to use storytelling when they're communicating their personal brand. So for example, if you want to highlight your path to leadership, I encourage you to not only use the term leader when you're introducing yourself or on your resume, but also to tell stories and create a personal narrative that reinforces your path to leadership. We also use storytelling to help us in situations where we're seeking to influence or when we're negotiating. Let me tell you a quick story. Yes, by the way, of course, there's going to be a few stories in this episode. Anyway, recently, I was on an important phone call where I was actually advocating for someone else. I'd call it an informal negotiation. Even though it was informal, I prepared in advance with several points that I wanted to communicate. But I could tell in the phone call that these rational points were simply not being heard. This is not uncommon, right? So at the end of the conversation, when I could tell that things weren't going our way, I said, Before we go, can I just share one story with you? And that's when I told a true story that illustrated the impact of my request. Bingo. The whole tone of the conversation shifted. And you can probably guess what happened. I got an email a few hours later thanking me for sharing the impact of my request. And yes, granting the request. In retrospect, I have no idea if the other person realized that it was the story that changed their mind. But I can tell you, I am 100% sure it was the story that was the clincher. So we've got authors telling stories, both fiction and nonfiction. We've got movie and TV production studios telling stories. We've got brands telling stories. And personally and professionally, we're telling stories to elevate our communication, be it when we're presenting, leading a meeting, illustrating our personal brand, negotiating, and so on. But beyond that, we're using stories all the time in the form of metaphors and analogies. It might not register as a story, but this is storytelling. Call it implicit storytelling. So we've got all these contexts that are ripe for storytelling. Here's your first tip, almost no matter the context. Kick off your communication with a story. When I'm leading corporate workshops focused on confidence, 
I often start with a story that goes something like this. I remember early in my career when I was working as a brand manager, and I was asked to give a speech at a national sales conference. Needless to say, I was thrilled, I was honored, but I was also horrified. So I did exactly what any of us would do. I practiced, and I practiced, and I practiced. But guess what? When I got up on stage, that practice didn't matter. I was hot, I was sweaty, and I was shaking. I remember grabbing onto the podium with both hands, holding on for dear life, and looking down at my script and not looking up at the audience even once. I read my script through from beginning to end, took my script, and walked off the stage as fast as I could. I remember my boss put her arm around me and she said, Andrea, are you okay? No, I'm not okay. The lights out there were really hot. You can see I've got sweat stains. And she said, Andrea, your face is as red as your hair. Anyway, this is the story that I've told a few times, but I can tell you, at the end of most of the confidence workshops, when I open it up to the Q&A, invariably, the first question that I get isn't a question. It's rather a comment. People say, I loved your story, Andrea, about being on stage at the sales conference. And by the way, the testimonials that I get from workshop participants when I include stories like this absolutely reflect that storytelling is key to learning. Storytelling definitely elevates my ability to effectively coach and teach. So, That's just one of my personal experiences with storytelling that illustrates how storytelling promotes communication effectiveness. But here's the thing, there's plenty of other evidence out there. Take, for example, the number one ranked TED Talk. You may be amongst the 20 million people who have viewed it on YouTube. Yes, 20 million. I'll leave a link to it in the show notes in case you haven't seen it yet. This TED Talk, presented by Sir Ken Robinson, is called Do Schools Kill Creativity? Hmm. Do you know this name? Sir Ken Robinson? Me neither. I hadn't heard his name before. Is this a super compelling topic? Do schools kill creativity? Is that super compelling? Well, yeah, it's important, but it's not exactly clickbait, is it? So many experts have dissected this TED Talk to better understand what makes it so compelling. And it turns out, of course, that there are many things. He uses humor He doesn't use slides, he has great cadence, but of course, there's the stories. This 18-minute TED Talk is full of compelling stories, from beginning to end. It's the storytelling that elevates this TED Talk, and it's storytelling that can elevate all of our communication. Let me dive in then and share why storytelling is so powerful. There are four ways or reasons why storytelling is impactful. Number one. Stories evoke emotions, and this is what makes them so engaging. So they evoke emotions such as delight, fear, anger, relief. And of course, stories are so much more engaging to read or to hear than simply hearing or reading a list of facts and figures. Am I right? There's this amazing quote from Maya Angelou. She says, People may forget what you said, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. It's true. And stories make you feel. And speaking of remembering, this brings me to the next reason why stories are so impactful. Stories are memorable. Research shows that people recall stories more readily than they recall facts and figures. Want to be memorable? Again, 
People won't remember what you said. They won't necessarily remember the facts and figures, but they will remember how you made them feel. So tell a story. Number three, stories connect us. They connect us through common life experiences. As Andrew Musselman of Fluency says, any presentation that incorporates storytelling is going to connect with the listeners on a much more personal level. One of the best quotes I've ever heard about storytelling is that storytelling is like a Trojan horse for your point of view. And number four, storytelling can illustrate your personal brand and ultimately fuel your success. Okay, I admit, this one sounds a little different, right? We've covered that stories are powerful because they, one, evoke emotions, two, they're memorable, and three, they connect us. But now we're saying stories are powerful because they help us illustrate our personal brand. Well, according to research, this is absolutely true. It's also an insight that can absolutely catapult your career. There's so much evidence of this. According to Mala Gayankar, portfolio manager at Lone Pine Capital, quote, narratives rule the world. I agree. Whether the narrative is about a firm, an investment, or a person. Legal veteran Norm Bacall, whom I've interviewed for two different Talk About Talk podcast episodes, highlights that the best lawyers in the courtroom are proficient storytellers. He says, quote, the people who are the greatest successes are the best storytellers. And last here, according to academic research, successful women typically leverage storytelling to create a leader-bound narrative. They focus their personal narrative on a message of hard work and the pursuit of leadership. So there you go. That's four ways or reasons why storytelling is so powerful and impactful. One, stories are engaging and they evoke emotions. Two, stories are memorable. Three, stories connect us. And four, storytelling can illustrate our personal brand and ultimately fuel our success. So, the question is now, what makes for a great story? What elements should we make sure are included in those stories that we're telling? Good news for you here. I have a list of five elements of things to make sure that you include in your stories. If you're considering using a story in your communication, dissect it and look for these five elements. Number one is tension. Number two is make sure people care. Number three, a twist. Number four, important details. And number five, relevance. Let me briefly take you through these in a bit more detail. Okay, so first, tension. In other words, a conflict. This is huge. Think of the hero's journey. Consider, for example, the story of Harry Potter as he leaves his tiny bedroom under the stairs to attend Hogwarts School of Witchcraft. There's definitely tension. Or consider the character Rey in Star Wars The Force Awakens. Rey started as a scavenger, and then she joined the Resistance to fight the powerful First Order. Lots and lots of tension. This tension, it could be conflict. The conflict could be against an enemy or a bad guy, or it could be internal. It could be your conscience or your self-talk, or the tension could be the decision about defining what is good and bad. Think of it as something to overcome. An important word of warning here, this tension or conflict in storytelling is where some people get into trouble, especially when they don't want to appear vulnerable. Remember I said that storytelling can be powerful in terms of communicating your personal brand. 
But if your personal brand is focused on success, you might be hesitant to share a story about a past failure. The truth is that these are exactly the stories that people want to hear. So yes, I was a hot, sweaty mess on stage at that national sales meeting when I gave the formal presentation way back at the beginning of my career. And you know what people say when they hear me tell that story? They say, wow, Andrea, I could imagine myself up there with you. I felt like that. You know what? You're giving me hope. So here's the thing. Don't hesitate to share a story of failure. A while ago, I interviewed my friend Stephanie Rudnick for a podcast episode on communicating as a coach. Stephanie was a varsity basketball player, and she now runs Elite Camps, one of Canada's biggest basketball academies. She's also an author and a speaker. I'll leave a link to that episode in the show notes. Anyway, in that interview, Stephanie shared how her stories of her epic fails are the only ones that her boys care to listen to. They know her as a competitive athlete turned successful entrepreneur. So they love hearing the stories about her epic fails on the court when she lost in overtime, and especially about the time her coach threw a chair at her. Epic. So here's the thing. Your kids, and frankly, your coworkers, your clients, everyone, they don't want to hear about the great decisions you made that catapulted you ahead. They want to hear about when the you-know-what hit the fan, and then maybe the decisions you made to dig yourself out of that hole. So that's the first element to include in your stories. Tension or conflict. The second element to include is a hero or a main character that we care about. It might be you. Otherwise, it better be someone with some endearing qualities that make us care. They could be young, helpless, naive, but we need to care. If you're evaluating whether a story is worth telling, ask yourself, does the audience care? The third element to incorporate in your storytelling is a twist, as in something unexpected. This should go without saying, but it's a good reminder to keep this in your storytelling checklist. If we all know what's going to happen in the story, it's less engaging. We need a twist. Number four, great stories include important details to make it real. When I share the story of me struggling with my confidence on stage, I share my age and my career stage, who was in the audience, the feeling of the heat of the spotlight on me, the podium in front of me, and especially of how I felt, hot, sweaty palms and my fiery red face. Yes, it really was as red as my hair. But I don't include details like what city I was in, or what month or season it was, or a whole host of other details. It doesn't matter. This is a balance between including necessary details and leaving out the unnecessary ones. Don't include so much detail that you're going to lose us. If you're wondering whether some details enhance or detract from the story, they probably detract. Keep it succinct. Here's another point about including these details. According to Jerry Zaltman, one of my favorite professors in the planet, the best storytellers, be they writers or musicians or advertisers, they involve their audience. They allow a co-participation, a co-authorship, or a co-creation with the reader or the audience. They purposefully let the audience fill in the gaps. This is how storytelling becomes personally meaningful. So yes, include important details, but let your audience fill in the rest. Got it? Okay. The last element is relevance. The story has got to be relevant to the context, obviously. Let me illustrate how important this is with a quick story, a true story. At the beginning of the pandemic, I did a 30-minute webinar on how to engage people in online meetings. 
The host was a really friendly guy, and he started by introducing himself and then telling us about his hectic commute to get to the studio or wherever he was to physically host the webinar. I remember thinking, we've got 30 minutes. Why is he telling us this? Is he trying to make us like him? Honestly, I almost left the webinar. Here I was looking for some quick tips, and this guy's telling us about his drive to the studio and how stressful it was, the construction detour, whatever. Anyway, then about 15 minutes into the webinar, when he was sharing his list of do's and don'ts for engaging your audience in online meetings, he of course highlighted storytelling as a great tool. And he referenced back to the story that he told at the beginning about his commute and the stress of getting to the webinar as a great example of storytelling. I thought, what? Honestly, I was wondering, why did you tell that story at all? So yes, include stories by all means, but they have to be relevant. And if it's relevant, you can reference a story a few times in your presentation. Stand-up comedians do this all the time when they're on stage, and I always think it makes them sound so clever. It's called a callback. They reference back to the funny story they told at the very beginning. In real life, when we reference the story a few times in our presentation, perhaps once at the very beginning, then once in the middle, and then at the very end, it also integrates the story into our main message. Brilliant. Okay, the last thing I want to share with you to help elevate your storytelling prowess is where you can find these stories. This is the number one question that I get from my clients and workshop participants. Okay, Andrea, we're convinced storytelling can elevate our communication, but where do we find these stories? Good news, people. I have a list of four specific places where you can look to find these stories. I call the first one your first failed attempt. If you're teaching a skill, tell the story about your first failed attempt at that skill. The key word here is failure. Maybe it's admitting something you're not proud of. This is the stuff that the rest of us want to hear, right? At the beginning of my confidence workshops, I tell the story of sweating and shaking on stage. My friend Stephanie Rudnick, owner of Elite Basketball Camps, tells stories of her epic failures when she's teaching her kids or her staff. And if you're giving a speech to your salespeople, you might start by telling them a story about what you did wrong in your first sales pitch. That's the first place to find stories, your first failed attempt. The second place to find stories, look for stories of transformation. This could be a story that starts with failure, but not necessarily. It's probably going to be the hero's journey. Someone who overcame obstacles, persevered, and finally succeeded. There's a reason the hero's journey is so prototypical. There's a reason why Disney movies may seem formulaic. It's because they are. The hero's journey resonates. So if you're trying to illustrate a moral or a point with a story, think about a related transformation. It might be a hero's journey story. Say you're in a meeting with a new consulting client and describing the critical path that you'll be following for the next few months as you work with them. You might illustrate the process with a story of transformation. It could be work you did with another client, or it could even be something more metaphorical. And that leads me to the third place to find stories. Use metaphors and analogies, and then turn them into stories, or at least vivid vignettes. The stories you tell don't need to be monumental. They could be short snippets that help you illustrate your point. You could say something like, that's when the you-know-what hit the fan, and it was really messy. Or you could say, I really had to dig myself out of a hole. 
Can you picture me with my big shovel, digging, sweating, digging? Ugh. All right, do you see what I mean? Metaphors are powerful. So use metaphors and analogies as short stories that you can weave into your communication. Okay, that's third. The fourth and last place to find stories? Of course you can use stories about other people. Something that someone else experienced. And you could either maintain their privacy by hiding their identity, or you could even ask their permission to use a story, depending on the context and depending on your relationship with the person. But one thing that works really well is telling stories about the experiences of well-known celebrities. The story doesn't have to be well-known, but it helps if the celebrity is. When I teach personal branding, I tell the story of how Hillary Clinton failed in her quest to be president. We all know Hillary Clinton, and we all know that story, right? Compare her story to that of Michelle Obama, whose story of hard work and advocacy made her one of the most admired women in America. So sharing and comparing the stories of these two well-known women is much more powerful than lecturing with facts and figures, as you can probably imagine. So there you go, the four places to find stories. One, your first failed attempt. Two, stories of transformation or the hero's journey. Three, try using metaphors or analogies. And four, sharing stories of others' experiences, particularly well-known celebrities. And that's it. Did you get all that? Okay, let me quickly review. Storytelling is impactful for four reasons. One, stories are engaging and they evoke emotions. Two, stories are memorable. Three, stories connect us. And four, storytelling is an effective way to illustrate our personal brand and ultimately fuel our success. Next, what makes for a great story? This is your checklist of five essential elements to look for. Number one, a great story includes some sort of tension. Number two, a character that we care about. Number three, a twist, something unexpected. Number four, important details, but not too much. We want the audience to fill in the gaps, remember? And number five, the story needs to be relevant to our context or our message. Yes, of course it does. No random stories about your commute to the office. Thank you very much. And last, but definitely not least, where do we find these stories? I identified four places to look for stories. First is your first failed attempt. Second, stories of transformation or the hero's journey. Third, using metaphors and analogies. And fourth, sharing stories of others' experiences, particularly well-known celebrities. Again, you can find a printable version of this summary, the transcript, plus a list I've pulled together of various storytelling resources, all in the show notes. Just go to the talkabouttalk.com website, click on podcast and show notes. And while you're there, I really hope you'll sign up for the Talk About Talk newsletter. This is your chance to get free communication skills coaching from me every week in a simple to digest email. I promise, no spam and no more than one per week. Just go to talkabouttalk.com to sign up or email me directly and I'll add you to the list. You can email me anytime at andrea at talkabouttalk.com. I love hearing from you. Good luck with your storytelling. Thanks for listening and talk soon.